You're listening to KKFM, the global social media coaching podcast. Hey, Keith Keller, Melbourne, Australia. KKFM, something global, something social. Today we're talking to a Canuck who's just been to Italy for the Miss Italy contest, the pageant. Today we're going to talk about Pinterest and Instagram, the visual ones. We're going to talk also about Tumblr and Blogger and all the others later down the track. But right now, I want to talk about Pinterest and Instagram, how they differ and how you're using them to raise them and how you'd recommend businesses and, and newbies start with these two visual platforms. Right. Well, Keith, I've been using Instagram and Pinterest for several years now. And Instagram and Pinterest differ in several ways. I'll start with Instagram. So Instagram, I find uh, you retain followers. You're posting photos with captions, and then you can get a certain number of likes. And it's considered better or um, more desirable to get a lot of likes on your Instagram photo. Um, Also, your account has a lot of influence. If you're not following a lot of people, however, you may have a lot of people following you. This in Instagram is one of the crown jewels of your account. You want that sort of uh, clout. I call it clout, meaning... Mm. Um, so that's sort of Instagram in a nutshell. Now, Pinterest is uh, also something where people tend, it's, it's another visual-based social media medium. However, um, Pinterest is more, I find, uh, there's, there's more. Uh, it's, you can uh, organize your Pinterest page so you see many pictures at once, through, mm. which is mm. similar to Instagram. Um, however, the best part about Pinterest is you can click through on photos. So by click through, I mean you can add a link to anything that's posted or you can follow up on anything you might like on Pinterest to find out more about it. Let me just pull that apart for businesses and entrepreneurs. Instagram is awesome. It's quick. It's a photo. It's uh, funky. It's really sort of easy to use. It's a phone-based app, but it's actually quite difficult to embed any real chunky information or clickable links, yeah? But it's great for branding. Pinterest, on the other hand, is much more of a pin board arrangement. Much, it's still very visual, but it allows you to go a little bit deeper into the story. You can add hashtags, as you can on Twitter and, and uh, Instagram, but you can add a clickable link. You can tell a bit of a story with the body of the text and then go, more importantly, into a deeper story. The photo is like a hook to take you into the blog post, into the uh, the infographic, into a something else. It's actually quite similar to Twitter in that regard, so that with Instagram, the photo is the photo, and that's all you get. What you can do on Pinterest is you can create your own master board of things you really like, whether it be home decor or food, fashion, uh, business. So you can create your own boards and fill it with things that you see that you like. It doesn't even have to be your own content. You can pull things from other places on Pinterest. If you like it, you can add it to your own collection. So people have been known to use Pinterest to create collections, maybe if they're redoing a room or if they're planning a wedding. There are many sections to browse on Pinterest. Can you just yell out your Pinterest and Twitter account, or have you been lucky enough to get your name on all platforms? Oh, sure. Yeah, my Instagram is at Teresa Longo, and it is Teresa with an H. 
P-H-E-R-E-S-A-L-O-N-G-O. And similarly, on Pinterest, my Pinterest account is Pinterest.com slash Teresa Longo. And the same for Twitter, I'm guessing, too, yeah? Yes, you're correct. So tell me a little bit about how brands can use either of those and how you've been working with brands. Picking up on the the last story about how brands are now starting to link with influencers to say, well, look, here's what I'm wearing. This is what I've just bought. I've just got a new car. You might want it too. I've just spent my uh, my three weeks in um, Bali at this nice hotel, and I think it'd be a nice place for you to stay if you want to. This is a subtle form of marketing that businesses are now starting to play on. How, how does that play out in something like Instagram and Pinterest? Well, Keith, a lot of these sites allow you to gain a following. So, and quite quickly, if you're using things like hashtags or click-through links, and hashtags are simply on Instagram photos or words, excuse me, that relate to the photo. And if you enter, click on a hashtag, uh, you will see other photos. So it allows you to see other photos that are also saying the same thing as yourself. So other people are able to like it. So you're able to gain a following on all of these sites, which is pretty crucial for brands. Not only that, your followers tend to trust you a lot, especially being a real person who's living a real life, representing different brands in real life. And it can mean a lot just to have a post snuck in there. It's indiscreet marketing. It Generally, what happens is it's in line with my life uh, already. So it might be something like a great boutique to shop at. Or it, mm. it might be, you know, the next latest piece of technology that I like. It could be anything like this. Have you got any stats about how this compares to, say, traditional marketing? Or is it all anecdotal at this stage? There's a sense that it's working, but there's That's no a stats. a great question, Keith. A lot of people are paying good money for this. A lot of corporations are shelling out big bucks for this. Corporations now have entire divisions dedicated to simply social media marketing alone. They have, you know, numerous, numerous people working on this. So I imagine this is now the new phase of marketing. One of the things I love about social media is that everything is trackable. You know, I remember the the most quintessential famous advertising quote, and I don't know who said this, but someone said once, 50% of my marketing works really well. The problem is I have no idea which 50%. So I do both. I have to do everything because I don't know what's working. Whereas with social media, you can tell. If you post on Twitter, you can tell how many people have liked it, favorited it, retweeted it, watched the video. And what you end up doing there simply is, you know, you do what works. And if it doesn't work, you try something else. And so social media is ultimately the essence of tracking everything. You can track everything that's working, do what's working again, Try something else if it's not working. And because there's so many social media sites, it's actually very important to track it because you don't want to waste time on a platform that's not working, do you? That's right, yeah. I find as well, Keith, Instagram is also quite focused on the images, as you said, and I'd like to just touch on that as well because on Instagram, uh, I find people are more apt to show off their photography skill as well or their ability to post a really gripping, really popular photo and part of the reason and why people can do that is because of the cool filters that are available 
So the filters are simply a different look to each photo. Maybe you can do black and white. Maybe the next filter you could choose from is a more bold theme on the color scheme. Whereas on Pinterest, you're not so much focusing on the photograph itself at all, uh, more, more so the content. So uh, Instagram is quite interesting. It's a different influence for sure because there are quite a lot of people that look at Instagram and put a lot of value in a really good Instagram photo. I'm into photography and I know how hard it is to get a really good photo and how proud we are when we do it. So this, this, there's actually a whole synergy there, a whole club, a whole community around Instagram, isn't there? There is, yeah, and, and it matters a lot. And corporations also look at that. If you're getting a lot of likes on your photos and if people consider your photo gallery to be quite prestigious, these corporations are going to want to get into your feed. They're going to want you to be posting with all your other really cool, cool pictures. So I find on Instagram, one way to get ahead is to really focus on posting quality, quality over quantity. One question I'm, I'm fascinated by, I'm fascinated by this because I personally don't like taking photos on right. my phone. <laughs> is Instagram a site now that allows you to pull in photos from your SLR, from other sources and post them? Or is it really still primarily a phone-based app? I've actually been to a camera show uh, recently where there were some pretty high-tech cameras that are able to access the internet. Now, as to whether they, they have the ability to log in and post to Instagram from web, like using wireless, um, that, that might be something that very well is here now. I, I know I've seen uh, wireless cameras, cameras that can upload to phones right away, so I imagine that that step is definitely here. Although I haven't personally tried that, that is a really convenient option for people. So you're saying that the photos that you post come from your phone? Yeah, uh, for me personally right now, yeah, photos I post normally come from my phone, or if a photographer has yeah. grabbed me a shot, then I'll post that. This is actually fascinating because I think something like 58%, really high number, 58% of people are accessing virtually everything on the web now via their phone. This is not my personal story, but I know that a lot of people I know are accessing their emails, their Instagrams, their Twitter, their Facebook, even LinkedIn on the phone, on the go, because we're all moving. We're, we're always busy, and we're, I'd imagine you'd be tremendously yeah, busy. And that's yeah? why the word dynamic really comes to mind. And dynamic simply means that something is readable on all platforms, and a lot of these services are. So whether you're logging in from your iPad or your iPhone, the sites are dynamic. You're able to look at Instagram, Twitter, mm -hmm. and so that's why the, the aspect as well. That like Even that statistic you just told us about how many people are now using using these services and using social media and, and even the internet, it's staggering. It's amazing. What you're referring to, I, I think we call it responsive here, responsive design is a, is a concept whereby which if you look at your an image on your phone and then go and have a look at the same image on your laptop or your tablet, the actual website is clever enough to adjust it for you. Sure. Yeah, and so, so much so that if you don't do it, I've heard people say, Matt, if, if, you, if, my, if your website doesn't look good on a mobile, you've lost me. I haven't got time to re scroll through that tiny writing because you haven't got a responsive website. Now, that's a whole discussion unto itself, and it, there is some money involved there, but the point is that if 58% of people are looking at your stuff on their mobile, you've got to honour that and 
think about what they are getting. I know for sure, 64%, I know this for sure, 64% of people that go to my website go to my website on an iPhone. I have to factor that in when I write my blog posts because 64% of people are accessing my stuff on their phone, an iPhone, a specific device. And that's why it's important to know your stats so that you can say, okay, well, maybe I do need to invest in responsive design or maybe I should have larger images with less text so that I can pick up on this visual stuff. You're listening to KKFM, the global social media coaching podcast.